Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. What a joy it is for me, Day Spring Church, to be able to be here today and just bring you the Word of the Lord. It is such a pleasure. It's been a while, and uh, I am so ready. I am pumped up about tonight. Uh, the Lord has placed a Word in my spirit, and I want to release it to you as the Lord has given it to me. I know that you have been in prayer you have been fasting. You've had a season in which you've come before the Lord, seeking Him for this year 2021. And uh, you have also been memorizing the Scriptures. And that is such an amazing thing, such a lost art in today's world. With this in mind, I would like to speak to you regarding God's Word. That's right, the Word of God the Bible. Let me speak to you about the importance of it and how God speaks to us and the things that happen when you walk with the Word. Uh, the text that I have chosen is Luke chapter 24 verses 13 through 35. I know that they are a little bit long, but we need to read them to be able to have the background of what God wants to uh, speak to us tonight. So Luke chapter 24 Starting on verse 13, it's the road to Emmaus. And the word of the Lord says, Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was, while they conversed and reasoned, that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained, so they did not know him. And he said to them, What kind of a conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? Imagine Jesus in the journey telling them what things, and he is the one who died. So they said to him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him we did not see. Then he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets, prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? 
And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone farther. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took the bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, and pay attention to this, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road, and while he opened the scriptures to us? So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem, and found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord is risen indeed, and has appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that had happened on the road, and how he... The Lord, He, Jesus, was known to them in the breaking of bread. The title of my message today is Walking with the Lord. Father, thank you for this time that we can come together, God, and just uh, get your word in. Thank you, Father, for the amazing power, Lord, in your word. Power to change. Power to restore, God. Power to give us instruction, Lord. I pray, God, that you use this medium, God, to speak life into day, spring, and others. We love you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I wish I had enough vocabulary tonight to tell you how much we need God's Word today. We live in a society that constantly challenges God's Word. In fact, they call us fools because we have determined that this is the Word of God and that we will abide by it. In fact, this society calls the Word of God ancient. They say that those who hold on to the Scriptures are not progressive enough. Because, you know, this society has advanced. This society has evolved. But according to them, the Word of God has not. And they think that we are out of touch with society on certain issues. And they claim that society has evolved and the Word of God has not. They also claim that it may have spoken to its day. In the day that it was written, in the way that it was pronounced, that in that day maybe it had a say, but not today because society has moved on. Well, let me tell you, I have words and I have news for you today. This book may be ancient, but it is not antiquated. Hallelujah. It speaks to us clearly today as it did 4,000 years ago. This is not just a book. This is the living Word of God. You see, when people look at this book, they may think that these are pages that contain words. But that's not what this book is. This book is a breathing organism. This book has life. This book contains the breath of God. So it is not words on a page. This is the living, spoken Word of the living God. You see, 1 Peter 1, 24 and 25 says, All flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers, and its flower falls away, 
But the word of the Lord, hallelujah, the word of the Lord endures forever. How important is the word of God? Why should we keep the word of God in our hearts and in our lips? Well, 1 Peter 1.23 says, Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God. So notice that we're saved by the word. Romans 10, 14. And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? So notice that believing comes by the word. If you don't hear the word, you can't possibly believe. Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. So no word, no faith. Romans 15, 4. That we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. No word, well, no hope, and no comfort. Romans 12, 2. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Our character and behavior are transformed by the word of God. Psalms 107 and 20. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. If we don't have the word of God, then we have no healing and we have no deliverance. Psalms 119, 165. It says, great peace have those who love your law. If we don't have the word of God... We have no peace. Luke eleven forty eight says, Therefore, the wisdom of God has also said. You know, the scriptures are the wisdom of God. Acts 20, verse 32 says, So now, brethren, I commend you to God and the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. No word, no strength. And no inheritance. Second Timothy 3.16 and 17 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Let me tell you, without God's word, we have none of it. Now I want you to think about this for a moment. Salvation, faith, Healing, deliverance, hope, comfort, peace, wisdom, inheritance, strength, transformation, reproof, correction, instruction, equipping for a life of faith. All come by the Word of God. And this is really a short list. I could have made it even longer. If you take God's Word away, you lose all of this and you truly have nothing. Have you ever thought about this? In Ephesians chapter 6, we are giving the whole armor of God. Look at this. The belt of truth. How do you get truth? You get truth by the word of God. The breastplate of righteousness. How are you made righteous? You're made righteous by the word of God. The shot, he says, shot your feet with the gospel of peace. What is the gospel? The gospel is the good news of the word of God. The shield of faith. How do you get faith? You get faith by hearing and hearing the word of God. The helmet of salvation. How are you saved? By the preaching and the believing of the word of God. And then the sixth one is the word of God itself. The word of God is the word of God. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, all of these are related to the word of God. Let me tell you, if you're a Christian... If you believe in God, let me tell you, I know that you know that this book is more than a book. Hallelujah. It contains the living breath of Almighty God. 
We need to know God's word. We need to memorize God's word. We need to love the word of God. We need to walk with the word of God. This is why I read you a story about some disciples actually walking with the word of God because Jesus is the word of God. Tonight, I will make a parallel to you of these disciples walking with the Logos. And obviously in the Greek, Logos means word because Jesus is the eternal word of God. And as they walked with Jesus, I'm going to make a parallel of you walking with the Bible or walking with the word. Um, when you walk with the word of God, you will arrive at a place called Emmaus. Let me tell you what I'm going to do today. First of all, I'm going to describe to you this place called Emmaus. And once you know where you're going, then I want to tell you how to get there. Amen. So first of all, let me talk about this place called Emmaus. By a mere definition, Emmaus means warm springs. So right off the bat, I want you to know that the place that you're going to is a place of warm springs. This is a place that you can go. This is a place that is soothing. That is a place, I don't know if you know about maybe aguas calientes, warm springs. It is a place of thermal waters that you can go in and dive in those amazing pools and it is so relaxing. You see, Emmaus is a place of spiritual revelation and relaxation because you know the Word of God. Verse 13 says that Emmaus was seven miles from Jerusalem. Why is that important? You see, Emmaus is not too far away. Hallelujah. Emmaus is not too far away. If you want to go and get there, you can. If you want to walk this journey with the Word, you definitely can get to Emmaus. The Bible says that these disciples actually on that day went to Emmaus, and in the same day they came back. I walk a lot. I know that walking seven miles to me is about two hours and 20 minutes because I walk about 20, uh, 20 minutes per mile. Let me tell you, Emmaus is not too far. You can get to this place if you truly want to engage the journey. Verse number 30, it says this way. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. So number three, Emmaus is a place in which you can sit at the table with Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. When you sit at the table with Jesus and you open God's word, hallelujah, that is an amazing place. I don't know about you, but I want to get to that place. If I can sit with Jesus and he can give me his word, I want to go to that place. Verse 30 also says that at Emmaus, Jesus feeds us. Now, in that day, he took bread, he blessed it, broke it, and gave it. By the way, that's something that he does with our lives. He takes us, he blesses us, he breaks us, and he gives us away. But today, we're talking about the manna from heaven. You see, when you sit with Jesus at the table, he takes his word. 
This book is not a private interpretation. It is Him, hallelujah, that by the Spirit gives us the Word. And He's able to take the words that are on this page. And, and He blesses. This Word is blessed already. But He's able to break them and give them to us. And we're able to eat the manna that comes from heaven. Verse number 31 says that at Emmaus, our eyes will be opened. I don't know if you understand, but let me tell you, when God opens your eyes to the beauties of the law, when God opens your eyes and you're able to read and understand and you're able to see the mysteries and the intricacies of the Word of God and how you can weave this verse with that verse, let me tell you, it is an amazing thing. The Bible says, Open my eyes that I may see the wondrous things of your law. When Jesus was here on earth, John the Baptist had a message for him. Message for him. And he said, Jesus, are you the one that was to come? And Jesus immediately says, hey, John the Baptist, the eyes of the blind are being opened. The ears are being opened. The gospel is preached to the poor. What was Jesus doing? He was referring to Isaiah 35. Did you know that he was the first one that opened the eyes of the blind? You will look throughout all the scriptures and you will not find it unless with Jesus. And let me tell you, he's still in the business of opening the eyes of people. He's opening the eyes of not just the physical eyes unto seeing, but the spiritual eyes of the heart to understand God's Word. And Emmaus, also from verse 31, is a place that you get to know Him. And also in verse 31 that you can read that we are forced to walk by faith. Why? Because the Bible says that as soon as they saw Jesus, He disappeared from their sight. And maybe you say, brother, what does that mean? Let me tell you what it means. You walked, with, you walked with Him on the journey. He gave you His Word. He broke bread with you and you realized that it was Him. And at that moment, He disappeared. Why? Because He gave you His Word. Hallelujah. And now you have to live by faith. You know, if you look around, you can't see Jesus. Can you? Well, you can see Him in His amazing works. You can see Him in nature, but... What I'm trying to say is that you can't see Him physically with your own eyes. But you know what? Although you can't see Him, He's given you His Word. Hallelujah. And now you have to live by faith. And Emmaus is a place in which you have the Word of God, but you're called upon to live by faith. What a beautiful place. I want to get to Emmaus. You know, I would leave everything, hallelujah, to sit with Jesus and for Him to break the bread with me and for, for me to see Him and had an amazing revelation of Him. Well, let me tell you, I am not talking about heaven. I am talking about earth. You don't have to wait until you get to heaven for the living Word to give you the Word. Let me tell you, on earth, you can have your Emmaus. On earth, Jesus is willing to sit with you and give you His Word. Although you may not know Him, although you may not see Him, let me tell you, He is always there and He's present. Do you want to go to Emmaus? I'm asking you. 
Let me ask you again. Are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to make the commitment to go to Emmaus? Do you know why I ask you? People know that at Emmaus, there is biblical revelation and knowledge. And there are great things that Jesus gives to you. But you see, a lot of people are not willing to make that journey. A lot of people are not willing to go on the road. But Emmaus is a beautiful place if it is in your heart to get there. Would you like to know how to get there? I am so happy that you're asking me. Hallelujah. Thank you for asking me. That is such, that is amazing. Thank you for asking me. Let me tell you uh, how to get to Emmaus. That's actually what I wanted to do. You asked me a question that I wanted to answer anyway. That's amazing. Praise the Lord. Let me tell you. Uh, how to get to Emmaus. Now you know the amazing place. But let me tell you how to get there. And what I want to do is I want to give you a few observations about this journey with the Word of God to a place called Emmaus. The first observation in this journey is that Jesus Himself draws near you and walks with you. Look at verse number 15. It says this way, So it was, while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. In case you haven't noticed, I am talking to you as well about walking with the book. Opening the book. Eating of the book. And let me tell you, when you open the pages of this book, Jesus himself draws near you and walks with you. It is Jesus himself, the word of God, that actually reveals himself to you. Why? Because when you walk to Emmaus, the word himself draws near to you. And when you study God's word, when you pay the price, when, when you make it a point to open the book and eat of the book and talk and reason and converse as these disciples were doing. Look what it says. It says that they were talking, they were traveling, they were conversing, and they were reasoning. When you do those things with the Word of God, Jesus Himself draws near you. Beloved, let me tell you, when you dwell in His Word, Jesus is the revelation that you get. The Bible is a witness to Jesus. If you tell me this book... What is it a witness to? The Bible says in John 5, 39, you search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of me. So when you read God's word, the witness that they give is Jesus. When you spend time with the word, you get a revelation of Jesus. And I don't know how to say this any better, but when you spend time in God's word, it is Jesus himself who draws near to you. Would you like that in your life? Man, I'm telling you, I would love to. He's actually there. Praise the Lord. You know what I'm trying to say today. Does it excite you? Excite you that Jesus himself will draw near you? Praise the Lord. Let me give you a second observation about this journey. Through, though your eyes may be restrained you will eventually know him. Look at verse number 16. It says, But their eyes were restrained, so they did not know him. So notice, their first position was of blindness 
to seeing. But look at verse number 31. It says in verse 31, Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. You see, the Bible says that today we see through a blurry mirror. Man, sometimes you read God's word, you open a page, and you don't really understand. But you go back, and you go back, and you go back, and you pray about it, and you keep walking with the word, and the living word eventually reveals himself to you. Why? Because as you walk with the living word, he has this amazing power, hallelujah, and it is his desire to reveal that word to you. As you dig, as you study, as you excavate, as you uh, keep digging in the Word of God, you will see Jesus. I remember the first times that I read Genesis 22. And you know, I knew there was something there, but I did not see it. And I did not see it. And I did not see it. But you know what I did? I did not say, oh, well, I, I can't understand this. You know what I did? I kept reading. And I kept reading. And I kept reading. And I kept reading, and I kept reading. But one day, when I was 22 years old, I was in my room, and it is as if scales fell from my eyes, and the Word of God was open unto me. And I could see Isaac carrying the wood, and Jesus carrying the cross. I could see the Father taking His Son to die, just as I could see the Heavenly Father leading the Son to Calvary. I could see the altar as the cross. I could see the ram stuck in, in, in the bushes just as I could see Jesus being the provision for us. I could see Mount Moriah, which was exactly the mountainous region in which Jesus died. You see, the first time I read, I did not see it. But the more you walk with the living Word, He will eventually open your eyes and you will see Him. Him. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Are you excited? Tell your husband, tell your wife, tell your kids, you know, if you walk with the living word, he will open your eyes. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of Jesus. A third observation that I want to leave with you is this. You always go from hopelessness to celebration. Look at verse number 17. It says, and he said to them, what kind of a conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Look, Jesus is recognizing that these disciples are sad. And they eventually, they speak from verse 19 to verse 24. They start saying why they were sad. From verse 19 and 20, you can pick up that they are saying, this Jesus, he, he came, he was an amazing man. But he, he was crucified, and they were sad. Then as you read verse 21, they actually talk about hope. Look what it says. But we were hoping. We were hoping. See, they had lost their hope. They had no hope at that moment. And actually from verse 22 through 24, you can see that a light was sparked. Women had gone to the tomb, and they had come back, and apparently Jesus had resurrected. But look how they end up, that part of the story. They say, but him we did not see. In other words, they talk about a possible resurrection, 
but we haven't seen them. But let me tell you, that's not the end of the story because they eventually kept walking with the Word of God. And look at verse 31. It says, Then their eyes were open, and they knew Him. Hallelujah. And in that moment, they went from hopelessness to celebration. Their hopelessness was turned to celebration. Let me tell you, before you get the Word of God, you're always hopeless. But the moment you walk with the Word of God, you celebrate. Understanding the Word is like some of your experiences in life. I don't know if you've had those moments in which you look to yourself and you say, God, I don't see you. God, I don't experience you. God, in this moment in my life, what are you doing? Are you even in, my, in the affairs of my life? But you know what? Once that season is over, because you kept walking with the word, you are engaged in celebration because your eyes are open. And you look back and you say, oh my God, God was with me. Jesus was with me. He was actually walking with me all along. Let me tell you, that is exactly the way it happens with us. Why? Because we are supposed to go from glory to glory. And we are supposed to go from darkness to light. Let me tell you what I mean. How are the days in the Bible. You see, when you look at the story of creation, they always go from the night to the day. The Bible says, and it was the evening and the day, the first day. It was the evening and the day, the second day. You see, God's days always start with the night. Let me tell you, you may be in a situation today that seems hopeless, but let me tell you, when you keep walking with the living word, when you keep reading, when you keep studying, when you keep pressing on towards Emmaus, let me tell you, it's only a matter of time until your night turns into a day. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Maybe today you say, I don't understand. Brother, I read. I try. Well, let me tell you, this message is for you. Keep reading. Keep digging. Keep excavating. Keep walking with the living word. And you will see that your eyes will eventually be open and you will get to know him. Maybe a brother will give you a golden nugget. Maybe you'll hear a message from your pastor and something will become very clear to you. Maybe through a Bible study, a word will be deposited in your spirit and you will start understanding passages and passages and passages. And that's how we approach the word of God. We keep walking with the word. Hallelujah. Let me give you a fourth observation. Everyone, you heard right, Everyone is guaranteed a revelation. Did you hear the word everyone? Just in case you didn't hear me. I said everyone is guaranteed a revelation. Why? Let me take you to verse 18. This is amazing, by the way. Verse 18 says, Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him. Let me stop there. The Bible names one disciple. Let me ask you, what was the name of the other disciple? It's kind of quiet. You're not answering. Let me ask you again, 
one disciple's name was Cleopas, what was the name of the other disciple? You see, you can't know. And that's the whole point. We know one disciple, but we do not know the other. We know the name of one disciple, but the other one we don't know. But let me tell you something. Jesus revealed himself to both. He did not just reveal himself to the known disciple. He revealed himself also to the unknown disciple. You know why? Because he was also in the journey walking with Jesus. You see, in this walk with the word, you may be known or unknown, but you will see Jesus. In this walk with the Word, you may, be, you may be named or unnamed, but you will see Jesus. In this walk with the Word, you may be anonymous or anonymous, but you will see Jesus. In this walk with the Word, you may have graduated from UCI or ICU, but you will see Jesus. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Why? When you walk with the word to Emmaus, you will see Jesus guaranteed. Maybe you say, how come the other disciple wasn't named? You know, that is a very interesting question that many people have asked. The best answer that I can give you today is that the Gospels are of the Literally, uh, the, the form that the Gospels are written is as a Greco-Roman biography. And there were certain styles that these biographies had. And one of them sometimes was to not name someone in order to invite the reader to take the position of that person. And I believe that's what Luke is doing in this place. You see, Luke is asking you, to take the position of the unknown disciple and make your way next to Cleopas in walking with the living word to Emmaus. Hallelujah. So my question to you is, will you come? Will you come to Emmaus and see this amazing place of revelation? Let me give you the last and final observation. And that is an amazing one that touches my heart. That observation is, you will have ever-expounding revelation. Look at verse 27. It says, Then he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart, to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets... He expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. I don't know about you, but I like that word expounded. That word is, it touches me. Expounded. Jesus expounded their knowledge of himself in the scriptures. I venture to say this was the greatest Bible study ever recorded in the scriptures in which the living word actually took the disciples through the whole living word, talking about himself. That is amazing. I wish I could have been on that journey. But let me tell you, there is something that I'm about to reveal to you here. Pay attention to this. Notice that Jesus calls these people foolish ones, and then he calls them slow of heart to believe. What is that all about? Well, follow with me in this journey. Look at verse 18. Verse 18 says, please don't miss this. 
Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? Let's stop there. I want you to notice that these two disciples called Jesus a name. They called him a stranger. That is interesting. Calling Jesus a stranger. But look at verse number 25. What did Jesus say in response? Then he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe. You see, when you call Jesus a stranger, you are a foolish one, and you are always slow to believe. But that's not the end of the story, because the names keep coming. I want you to go with me to verse 34, and look what it says. The disciples actually gathered, and the Lord is risen indeed, they say, and he has appeared to Simon. Look at verse 35. They're talking about the Lord. And they told about the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Notice that the disciples now changed their name. They're talking about the Lord. And they come into the conversation, and they say, He, yes, Jesus, yes, the Lord. Oh, wait a minute. A minute ago, you called him a stranger, and he called you a foolish one and a slow of heart to believe. And now you want to call him the Lord? What could that possibly do to you? Well, let's keep reading. I am so happy that you ask as well. Look what the word says in verse 36. Now, as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace to you. You see, when you call Jesus by its prop, his proper name, immediately you have a revelation of him. Man, I am telling you, that is amazing. But notice what happened. The Bible says in verse 37 that they were terrified and they did not want to believe that he was Jesus. Look at verse 38. Look what Jesus then does. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do, you, why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself handle me or touch me and see that I'm not a spirit for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see. Notice, when they called him Lord, he immediately said, here I am. And they had a revelation. And those that doubted, what did Jesus do? He went a step further, a deeper revelation. And he said, touch me, see my hands and my feet. Still, the Bible says in verse 41, that while they still did not believe, notice, this is amazing, they still didn't believe, but look what Jesus does. Jesus says, is there something here to eat? Can I eat with you? Why would Jesus do that? Because the only way that these two disciples from Emmaus recognized Jesus was when he partook and he broke that bread. So in Jesus' mind, he knows that if they see him eating, they will recognize him as Lord. Let me put it all together for you now. When they're on the road, these disciples call Jesus a stranger. And Jesus says, you're a foolish one. You're slow to believe. 
But then these disciples later referred to Jesus as Lord. And in that very moment, notice what Jesus does. He gives them a revelation of himself. And when they did not believe, he says, touch me. Look at my hands and my feet. And when they did not still believe, he says, give me something to eat. So you finally recognize that it is me talking to you. Let me tell you, when you call Jesus Lord, you will have an ever-expounding revelation of him. Hallelujah. Why am I telling you this? I am glad you ask. You know, look at me. Please, intently, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Sometimes this book is a stranger to us. This book is forgotten. We find our glasses inside the book and our checks that were lost. We find it two weeks later inside the book. You know, we call this book a stranger. If that's the case, you are a foolish one. And your heart will be slow to believe. But the moment you engage this book, And you start calling this book by its name, the Word of God. And you give this book its proper place. You will have have revelation after revelation after revelation of the living Word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So is this book a stranger to you? Or are you really participating of this book? Let me conclude today by saying... What will be the end result of walking on the journey with Jesus? Well, what was the conclusion in this particular story? Let me give you two particular endings. Verse 32 and 33 gives us the ending. And it says, And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while he walked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem. So first of all, I believe that you will end up being a passionate disciple. Man, when you engage this book, your heart will burn. You will see, you will have a heartburn And it won't be a bad kind. It will be a heartburn that will be amazing. So you will become a passionate disciple. But secondly, you will be a perfected disciple as well. Why? Because look what it says. Did not our heart burn while he talked with us? You see, talking to the living word and the living word talking back to you, I see it as prayer. But then it says, while he opened the scriptures to us, There is the element of the scriptures. And then it says, So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem. And there I see obedience. And just in case you haven't noticed, I believe that these are the three greatest components of a Christian's walk. Why? Prayer word and obedience so i believe that you will be a man and a woman of god that will engage this journey because you will be a man and a woman of prayer a man and woman of the word and a man and a woman of obedience let me tell you we need to love this book as people of the word we need to love this book we need to develop memorization habits let me if i could just say this If you could possibly steer away from Bible apps, that is just my recommendation. I'm not trying to be legalistic, but you know, when you open your Bible app and that's the only way you engage the Word, you can't underline, you can't 
write little notes or scribble little things on the side. You know, there is something about having the Word of God with you that you can see and analyze and underline and write and put your little notes in and try to mix this verse with the other. So if I could just give you a word that has helped me, I would just steer you away from Bible apps and I would just ask you to engage this book, the physical living Word of God. And you know, when you get the Word of God by a Bible app, let me tell you, you can't fight if your sword is occupied. And sometimes you lend yourself to go to places that you should not. And the Word is trying to get to you. The Holy Spirit is trying to bring you back. But you see, it's, it's occupied. You, you can't really bring it out of its sheath to use it. So if I could just speak into your life today, I would like to say, get this book. Let me finish by saying this. Verse 13 says that these disciples were traveling. Verse 15 says that they were conversing and reasoning. And you know what? That talks about intentionality. That talks about using your, your heart, using your time, your resources, everything that you can to talk about the book. I believe that when this year started, Pastor Nestor and the, uh, the, the leadership of this church made it available to you to, to have one of these memorization pouches. And I don't know how you study God's Word or you analyze the Word or you, you memorize it, but I believe this is an amazing tool Next Sunday, they will be available again at the lobby of the church. And you can go back and take one of these and use it. I believe there is a, a donation of $5 that you can give. And, and you can have one of these. You can have your wife memorize scriptures and your kids. And there is a system to these that actually is available for you to know and will be explained to you. I won't take the time right now because of time to explain it to you. But let me tell you, it will be available. I want to challenge everyone, man, woman, child, everyone, to engage this journey of memorizing the Word of God. There is a system to it that you can learn. Day spring, as you walk with the living Word, amazing things will happen. It will transform not just your mind and your spirit, but it will transform others around you. So as, just, just as I conclude, I want to make a final prayer of blessing. And I hope this Word has been deposited in your spirit and that you make a commitment to engage the living Word on your way to Emmaus. Be blessed. Father, we love you. We praise you, God, and we thank you. Thank you for Jesus, your son, Lord. Father, thank you because he walks with us on the journey. And his intention is to explain it to us and to reveal himself in the scriptures. Lord, I thank you for everyone listening today. And I pray blessings upon husbands, upon wives, upon children, God. May your word, Father, may your word reign supreme in our hearts. And may it keep us from sin. Lord, we love you. We praise you, God. And we thank you for this time. In the name of Jesus, your son. Amen and amen. Day spring, be blessed in the name of Jesus and engage him on this journey to Emmaus.